Welcome back to the Juke. In 2021, the NFL, we know every season, there's players that are on the hot seat. There's players that need to have a good year for whatever it may be. Who are the players to you? We'll start off with your number one pick. If you were to say like, okay, this guy, more than anyone else in the NFL, needs to have a big year, who would that be? Mitch, there are so many. I was literally going through our list earlier and I was like, ooh, ah, mm, mm, mm. I'm gonna go downtown Antonio Brown right now just because it's so messy, right? Like he, mm-hmm. you know, had the offer, things worked out with the box, but then it came out today that he has yet to sign it. This coming right after it was announced that he was being sued by a mover for assault. And then Bruce Arian said it was actually because he had to pass the physical and had to get his knee scoped. That seems like they're covering for him um, and covering for themselves by saying, you know, he has to pass a physical. I think that they're trying to see if he can get past this latest allegation because with him, there's always something. Um, So he has to prove himself before he can even get on the field. The rest of them were talking football wise, but for him, I'm always like, Ooh, another hot mess, right? Like you can't scroll without a hot mess. Obviously we don't know if the other hot mess Deshaun Watson will even make it to the field, but I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that have stuff to prove. I think we got to see it from your team, the Patriots. We got to see Cam. Yeah. I mean, Cam would be probably my top pick. I, I like the Antonio Brown pick. Didn't really think about him just because, you know, he won the Super Bowl last year. He's not really looked at as like a primary option, although he's Antonio Brown. Like it's one of the best receivers we've ever seen. But like his off the field obviously has questions. And we did hear about the knee thing earlier today. So we'll see really what that mess is all about at the end of the day. But I'm sure Tom Brady and Bruce Arians would like to have him back on the field as long as his head's okay. I've always been a Cam guy when he signed with the Patriots. He was the guy that I wanted them to sign after Brady left. And I was pushing for it. So when it happened, I was really excited because I thought that he would come in there and give the Patriots a legitimate chance and give them a a starter, even though the team wasn't as good, that could maybe bring them to the playoffs. Cam had some ups and he had some downs. He played really well versus the Jets, the Texans. He had some downs. He played poorly versus the Niners and the Broncos and that national game versus the Rams. Obviously everyone has been talking about it. You know, the lack of an off season where he didn't really get to learn the offense. He felt like he was always behind. He even expressed it. So now Belichick, we've discussed it at length. Dollar dollar bill. He spent all the dough. John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, et cetera, et cetera, on the offense, bringing Trent Brown back at right tackle. So they have a new and improved offense, and they're expecting Cam to bring that team to the playoffs and win this season. And he never he never looked right after COVID to me. I mean, he just really didn't. And it, it's a weird world regardless, right, with what we're dealing with. But if all things had stayed the same on the Patriots, I think the expectations wouldn't be as high. But with that spending in the offseason – the Patriots have done their part, right? It's like the reverse Rodgers. Can you imagine if Rodgers was right now like getting all those gifts? He'd be like, making it rain. You know, we wouldn't be talking about Aaron Rodgers if he was in the situation and had the team being built around him like the Patriots are. So Cam, you got to win. And we both know it. Like I'm team Cam. I want him to do well, but he's got to do it right now because if he doesn't do it with all this, I don't think you can make the argument that he's a starter. Yeah, they offensively, are so different from everyone else in the league, the way that they can attack you. And that's why I'm really fascinated to watch the Patriots this year 
because of the two tight ends and because of their more old school power running approach and what Cam can do as a runner. That's what I thought gave them an edge last year. But you add actual receiving threats on top of that and it makes them more dynamic. And if Cam can deliver as a passer, can learn that offense, then he has a ceiling that not a lot of people are talking about. I feel like a lot of people are looking at Cam as a guy, okay, maybe he's the starter for this amount of time and then Mac comes in or he could be okay at best. But I don't think anyone is really talking about, and this is almost where I feel Bill Belichick might've been like, you know what, what happened with Cam last year might've not been that bad of a thing for us because we got to sign him for $5 million and we got to add all these players. And if we do get absolute Max Cam Newton, then, hey, we're a Super Bowl team. Like, we're not just good, but we're really good because this guy obviously has a ceiling that not many other quarterbacks have. Another quarterback I would look at that I'm sure is on your radar, you know him as well, is Jameis Winston. This is the year to prove if he can still be a starter in the NFL, period. A lot like Cam, former first overall pick, high expectations, hasn't had the success Cam has had. He's not the legend Cam is, but obviously we've seen the talent. And now he goes to a place with Sean Payton where he's taking over for Drew Brees. And there's not a lot of pressure on him, to be quite honest. Like there's pressure on him to be that guy after Drew Brees. But everyone looks at the Saints and says, okay, the Bucs are in their division. You know, Drew Brees not there. They lost some players. Like they're not expected to be this great team they were. But if he could take them to the playoffs even, he would be majorly successful and people would look at him as a success this year. He's got to prove it, right? We all know that. It was hard for him to get signed coming off the Buccaneers. And it was the interceptions question. You've still got that question. But thankfully, you know, his thumb is fixed now. His knee is fixed. And he's had a year to be mentored by Drew Brees. And he's had a year to learn Sean Payton's system. He never got that, right? Like when he came out of Florida State, he was 20 years old. And he was expected to be the guy. And he was expected to be the guy on a team that was not the not team. And they did not have the coach, right? So he he really got thrown to the wolves without having, you know, the benefit of that quarterback mentor, that coach that could really build into or build around you. And I also think Sean didn't want to get teddied again and have another team scoop his guy that he basically brought in and proved that he could be good with. And then all of a sudden it's like, he gone. So nobody knows anything about Jameis Winston right now, other than the forgettable number of interceptions. And it's the- not forgettable. I remember it clearly. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And you're right. It's not, it's not saying. Yeah. I get what right. you're saying. Like, it, and you're, you're exactly right. It was a bad choice of words, but it was all they're thinking of right now is that, and the potential upside, because you know what? He also That's the difference. More yards. Right. The difference to me between him, you brought up Teddy. The difference between him and Teddy is I've seen the upside of Jameis Winston. And as as much as somebody may like Teddy, I know you like Teddy. I've never seen the upside of Teddy being even, you know, a top 10 quarterback. Like if you were to tell me Jameis Winston was a top 10 quarterback next year, I would not be surprised whatsoever because I've seen games where he is fantastic. You know, even in that season where he had the 30 and 30, 30 for 30, you know, and the 5,000 yards, like he threw 5,000 yards. The team was terrible defensively. Like they had a lot of issues. And like you said, I totally agree with that point. Like I didn't think Bruce Arians handled that well. And a little bit of that trickled into the season with Tom Brady as well, where he was throwing even Tom Brady under the bus. So 
There's another number one overall pick that has something to prove to finally put the haters to rest. Matthew Stafford in LA, Mm -hmm. okay, is a number one overall pick who to me has been the most criminally underrated quarterback of the last decade because he's played for the Detroit Lions who are so bad. Now he finally has a coach. He has a running game, which he's never had. He has a pretty good defense. And he has some receivers to work with. So I'm just super pumped for Matthew Stafford. Uh, Unfortunately, because of the team that he's been on, he's been forgettable, right? Like, and this really is forgettable because I would have- Nobody watches the Lions. That's right. I couldn't have told you really anything because I'd be like, it's the Lions. And I think the last time I really remember watching them was on Thanksgiving. And all I could say was, stop lying. Like, ugh. That was the game when I coined the phrase like dry turkey. It was so terrible to watch. It was painful. It was bland. It was terrible. And now he's going to be bright lights, big city. Um, I think it'll reinvigorate Sean McVay too. Like, I I mean, he was over golf. I was over golf. I mean, golf could have been golfing for all I'm concerned. I just. Jen, they were trying to start John Wolford over Jared Goff. Right. I know. I don't mean to, you know, disrespect John Wolford. But if Jared Goff was that bad that they they legitimately wanted to start John Walford in the playoffs. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yes, yes, you have toughness questions about him, all this stuff like, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I try to give guys an upside, right? Like I really do. Having been in that business, it's hard, but him to me, like if I was Sean McVay, I would be over it too. Right. And sometimes that's why guys do so much better when they go elsewhere, because there's just too much that's gone on that you just can't shake it loose. Who's the next player on your list that you would say, Ooh, this guy's got something to prove. Mm, I got to see Dak. Um, And I really got to see Zeke too. Yeah. You know, cause your O-line should be reinvigorated. So Zeke healthy, pull your shirt down. Stop showing your belly, make sure you shave your beard and let's actually play some football because you know what? Dak is going to need you. Dak is going to need you to carry the load and to justify the fact that we paid you before we paid him. Still makes me mad. Still makes me mad that they paid him over Byron Jones, to be honest. Like I, I was considering how bad their defense was like a corner would have been helpful. I don't know. So many things would have been helpful. I mean, I'm going to go with some of those problems on the Dallas defense being the actual coordinator. And I think they're in a much better place now from that position. But I have got to see Zeke justify his reputation because I I think he got paid prematurely. I've never been particularly all in on him. He's too erratic for me. You know, I, I never got past the belly shirt. Like, I think Zeke's always been a good player. Like I've never said he's like the best back in the league or anything. Maybe some people have gone there. I, I felt like the offensive line early in his career was, you know, probably the best in football, which really helped him start strong. But I, I always felt like he was good, well-rounded, you know, tough, physical, like that type of back. But I, every year it feels like his play has dipped, you know, the explosiveness, you know, the effort, he just doesn't feel like a guy that puts in that, Frank Gore level commitment or whatever, but we'll see. I mean, especially because the offense isn't on Zeke's shoulders as much anymore. It's more of a, it's Dak's offense. Like they want him to throw for 5,000 yards. Like he was on pace to do last year. So, but we need Zeke to carry his 
load, right? Like mm-hmm. when, when Dak was gone, Zeke was gone. Like, can I he get He might a- even lose his job too. I mean, Tony Pollard was out playing him last year. Yeah, Zach, <laughs> Zeke, like get a peek maybe like of the fact that you could like get caught uh, by somebody on your own team, much less the defense. Like you're beating yourself. With Dak though, he was on a trajectory last year where he was looking like a legitimate top five quarterback. Like the first four weeks, yes, they were losing games, but every loss was like to the Seahawks 42-38. So for that really to happen right as he's ascending to the best play he's ever had, it's going to be interesting to see if he can take off where he was or if it's going to take some time to get back where he was. Who else do you see, Mitch? Who else is on your list? I think there's, I mean, we're sticking with the quarterback trend here because the quarterbacks I think are, are real. Like there's so many, honestly, you could go down the list. It's probably half the league that has something to prove a quarterback. There's another one that I think is probably going to lose his job is Jimmy Garoppolo. He might not even start week one. If he does you know, good for him and hopefully he can take advantage of it. I think they're going to win regardless of who the quarterback is, but Jimmy Garoppolo has to prove first and foremost that he can stay healthy. Because it seems like every single season, he's only really had one season and he went to the Super Bowl where he was fully healthy and, you know, the team around him was good and and they were successful. But I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, definitely. And and I think as long as he can stay healthy, he should be given that opportunity. It's just, I don't know if he's fragile or what it is, but it just feels like every single time the guy is given an opportunity, you just can't rely on him to be there for 16 games. I'm not all in on Jimmy G. He doesn't line up for me. You know, I I think he's a good, I I think he's a fine quarterback. Like I'm not looking at him as a top 10 guy or a top, maybe even top 20, but I do think he's a fine quarterback that should have a job. And and when he's healthy, he's good enough to get you to a Super Bowl on certain teams. Coach Lachter wants to know about the red rifle, Mitch. The red rifle, Andy Dalton. I don't (laughs) think he has anything to prove because I don't think anyone has any expectation yeah I think his career is like kind of set in stone like he's this guy that was a starter he was average you know he had some success but he's never going to be looked at as like one of the best quarterbacks in the league he's just I think his legacy is what it is at this point like he could he could do awful and nobody would say anything different he could do amazing and you know maybe people are like yeah he's just he's just what he used to be maybe he's reinvigorated a little bit but i don't really see him like ultimately this team the bears it's justin fields show right it's it's going to be fields dalton is patchwork to me he may start a few games he will allow them to see when fields is ready again I'm not a fan of putting quarterbacks in before they're ready. It's short-sighted in their career trajectory. We've, we've lost too many quarterbacks that way. So Dalton is serviceable, right? Like if you need to have him play three games, let him play three games. If you're still in doubt, have him play six games. I don't think Chicago Bears are going to do a hill of nothing this year. So (laughs) I don't feel pressure to say, we got to put in fields right now because we're so close. We're not close. You're not. So just relax. Just take your time. Let fields become the player that he can become. And don't you dare give him a too a terrible shot. There's two quarterbacks, young quarterbacks that I'm looking at this year and they're both in the east one is Tua in Miami although it's all it's still early and the other one a little bit deeper into their career but Daniel Jones with the Giants Tua I've never been very high on and I've expressed that many times but 
if he's going to be their guy, this is the year. They surrounded him with receivers. They added Will Fuller, Waddle in the draft. They, of course, have a good defense, a good coach. Waddle, who did not look thrilled. No. Waddle, who was all about, you know, <laughs> the sunglass game. Waddle was like, that. God, I thought I finally got away from this dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's he's why like, he had, he's like he's that's why he had sunglasses on i can't let them see my eyes because that's I'm a good that's a good crying. theory i i think he's also upset because he said that mac jones was better during the off season so maybe Tua is going to confront him about that but well, Tua, I, yeah Tua, i just think has so much to to prove this year because people are already doubting him coming into this season the media was building this guy up as you know going to be the first overall pick until joe burrow came out of nowhere and surprised everybody and then he had high expectations coming into last year, kind of disappointed those expectations. This year, all the pressure is on Tua. Oh, yeah. And the Dolphins did him dirty last year. You Like, you don't do that two steps forward, one step back. I know they wanted to sell jerseys. Um, I know <laughs> Tuna is close to, you know, Florida. And it's actually what, you know, Dolphins can eat. And, you know, they hang out near it because of the bait fish and stuff. And um, but nothing about that made sense. You had a guy who was winning and then you put in another guy. You had a guy the locker room felt good with. You put in another guy and then you freak That it. felt to me like a situation where the front office and the coach were in some sort of disagreement because it almost felt like Brian Flores was going to play the quarterback that he felt was best for the team, which I think was Fitzpatrick. And it felt like the front office was forcing him to play Tua. Do you agree with that? I mean, it happened somewhere. The pressure came from somewhere because what he did in the game when they put him in, and I always like to give coaches the benefit of the doubt, right? Like mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like it, but maybe they know something I don't, right? Before yeah. we saw how it went down. And then it went terrible. And then you actually could have like, you know, you did a little something and then then Fitzmagic gets COVID and then you just, right? Like it was just all messy. And so yeah. like Tua is now like, leaving a bad taste in his mouth for everybody. It's like, oh God, that guy. We have to see what that's going to look like. And you're right. If he doesn't do it with Waddle and some of that, like I'm cutting bait onto it. Like I always imagine having been on the coaching side that they have a plan and that they must know something they don't. That's just me. Um, You have to assume that. No, I, I agree with that notion. It's like, you have to assume that the coaches know because they know the guy, they know the player. They've seen him in practice countless times. We have not. You got to think that. Absolutely have to think that. But have we seen that? We can only judge what we can judge. The Giants have a decision to make with Daniel Jones. I think this could be the season for Daniel Jones. I actually really do. I've liked, for the most part, what I've seen with Daniel Jones. There's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been a little erratic. He's turned the ball over, but he's also made big plays. And that's the thing to me is like, Daniel Jones, I've seen enough positives where I'm willing to like jump on the bandwagon a little bit where I'm like, I see this throw. I see this run that he makes where he trips on his face. But I think now the defense they have, the coaching staff in his second year, Jason Garrett's offense in a second year, getting Saquon back, who's another guy that has something to prove, and getting Kenny Galladay and our guy Kadarius Toney. And they've put an offense around him that I think now it's that time to jump off. I think maybe it's time for you to jump off him. Okay. I don't see him. I have not seen him. That's why I was making faces. I, I wanted to let you have your, your rant and your moment because it yeah, was we can together. disagree though. That's right. perfectly look, fine. Look, I it, because it was well put together. And I, I hear you with the other components when it comes to the Cowboys. And I actually really want Jason Garrett to do well. Everybody who knows him, loves him, like, you know, mm-hmm. really smart guy and you know, all of this stuff. Right. I don't like Eli 2.0 and I can't even call him 2.0 because he might be point two. 
right? Like, I don't even think he lives up to Eli, right? Eli won two Super Bowls. This guy- Eli was, Eli's a borderline Hall of Famer. So if he right. were to be Eli, then he's probably pretty good. Right, but look, that's why I said point two. I didn't want to say two yeah. oh, like he was better than Eli. He was bad, I, maybe he's bad Eli, yeah. Right, he's maybe bad Eli, exactly. But like, Eli was not my favorite. No, I, I, yeah, he was inconsistent. That's right. That's he was not, he was not that guy I want to go to war with. And that's what I want. That's what I'll say though, Jen, to just, to counterpoint here is yes, he doesn't have the sweat. He doesn't have Cam Newton swag. Okay. But when he's on the field, Daniel Jones and Eli, there's a reason those teams won Super Bowls. It's because what I see in, in Daniel Jones is similar to Eli where yes, they're not loud but they take hits, they're tough, and they make throws under pressure when they need to. And I know it's it's early in his career. Eli struggled early in his career as well. I see the legitimate toughness almost to a fault with Daniel Jones where he needs to start to, decisions need to be quicker at times. That's almost like leading by example with that. But that's what you say about a quarterback. Can he make decisions under duress consistently? Mm-hmm. Right. We'll and have I, to find out. I don't know. Right. He he, he has and he hasn't. Right. Well, he would have to really show me something to get my attention. Speaking another giant, I think we should talk a little bit about Saquon. Because like it's when true. he was a rookie, this guy to me already the best running back in the league. Like just took over. I think he was the yeah. first running back ever to have as a rookie a combined two thousand yards. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty impressive. And then the two seasons following he's already had some injured seasons where this was the next great running back by many, including myself. Like I looked at him coming out of college, coming out of Penn state, like this is the next guy. Right. So it's a big year just to stay healthy and to perform. Yeah. I, I would love to see him back to the guy he can be because mm-hmm. that's football, right? Like that's like, <laughs> you're like, yeah like you know you're gonna get it you're gonna oh just like breaking eggs breaking hearts you know you're like yes okay could could literally open it up on people and yet when you don't see it it's it's tough right and so I don't know that it's make or break for him other than the you know timing for running backs is generally you know it's so much shorter and they're, they're expected to produce right away because we know they don't have the longevity because of the beating that they take. And that's yeah. what we're seeing with him right now, right? Like it is a tough position. You are getting hit on every play, whether you're running the ball or you're blocking. I mean, nobody takes really more contact than the running back and that extreme high powered, high speed contact. And, you know, running like that is tough and being that guy is really hard so I hope that he is healthy now I will say we saw a lot of injuries early in the season last year which was a definite result of the COVID offseason which was no offseason right it was and for a position like that especially the way he plays that is really tough because you're not in football shape. And I know that you people can say that like, you have in shape. I've been doing running drills. No, no, it is different running through people. And it's also different with the timing with your offensive line and being really in sync with them so that, you know, you know, which guy and, you know, when you're going to be able to cut back on his hips and those little subtle movements that you don't even necessarily realize that you have. But once you're like, 
oh yeah, this is how he does it. Or he's going to match up against this guy. And you really get better together. And it takes reps for that timing to be done well, because running backs are expected to hit a hole that's not there yet. And so let's hope that it was not indicative of his career trajectory, trajectory, (laughs) but it could be. And I think that's what we're going to see. Was it, was it about off season accident or. Yeah, I hope not because like he, when I walk, he's my favorite guy at running back to watch just because like he's one of the few, if not the only where if they're, they have a ball at the 20 yard line and they hand the ball off to him, he's going to go 80 yards. Like there's not a lot of running backs in the NFL that like, just you see the hole and it's like, okay, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> or like, like oh, the jump cuts. I mean, just, yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah. The jump cuts. Oof. He's he's known to have some of the best quads in the NFL, and I'm not sure if you saw Mike Davis. Did you see this picture of Mike Davis for the mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons? No, I didn't. I need to find this picture. Okay, I think I have it right here. Look at this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think they're swollen. Did, did somebody sting him? It did looks it like him? there's yeah. a full turkey in his thigh. And you know what? That is also really hard to tackle because if yeah. you're trying to wrap up, like – you know, like my arms would be like one leg, one leg, one leg, turkey leg. But Just holding on. Yeah, like, eh. um, but you know, when we say put their legs together, I mean, and that's literally the job. My arms wrapping up those legs, that's a mismatch. That's <laughs> Yeah. Maybe speak a little bit about that. Just um, playing running backs, just the importance of having the the lower bar. It's something that we don't really talk about, you know, because it's, it's like a physical attribute, but running backs, they have those lower bodies where it's just like, they can take that beating, right? Yes. And so, you know, they have to have the musculature and, and the change of direction, which is a lot of the times where you see that thick development and that sinewy tenure, because they have to develop not just straight line speed, but Mm. the ability to change direction completely. You don't see that with wide receivers, right? Like they may have to cut, but they're not having to jump like through a line. Plus the run, the way that they run is also not upright. It's down basically in that squat position. You have to be able to power through contact and being thick like that also just even the physical thickness not only does it help you with the running and the power that you need but you know literally as I was saying with with a tackler to do a good form tackle which a guy like that is really hard to bring down right if you hit them upright what do we see all the time you bounce off like that's not gonna work right so what you're taught is put their legs together right like that's why you're supposed to wrap up though some people forget that but the only way you're going to stop a guy like that is if you literally put his legs together now mm-hmm. with those massive legs that's a tough <laughs> matchup right like you're going to try but you may be like Yo. he did have a behind Derrick Henry the second most broken tackles in the NFL yeah. last year very underrated why. player that's why and and the broken tackles are power running and it's run through it's also the height that you're running with right like so nice and low you'll see that they have a lot of deep end uh which puts more power into the contact and allows them to think almost like squat thrust through or lunge through as opposed to straight line speed that you see more in a wide receiver that they don't have that now and that's not all of them because some of them still run like that especially into contact you'll see them lower into contact but it's just, that is their predominant thing and that they have to go through traffic like that. And so getting lower like that, also you always hear low man wins, 
right? So if I am a running back and I can run low like that, it's even harder for the defender to be able to get low enough to tackle me and use his body to drive through. That's when you also see a lot more of that dive or reaching for a guy like that, a reach tackle, you might as well just leave your shoulder like 30 yards back. But diving through a guy like that, he's often going to be able to power through it where a more straight line runner will likely not. So it's really hard to tackle. And that's when you have to explode up and through. So the trick is the hip drive explode up and through and wrap through so that hopefully you can get enough knockback so that they can't power step through you. And that's why they say low man wins, because if the running back is lower than the tackler, the running back will likely beat the tackler on contact. If the tackler can get lower and almost get on the underside and get enough knockback to get that, just the step to hesitate, then they'll probably make the tackle. And I think that's often the thing that we see with older backs is like when that starts to go, that ability to, you know, grind and get low like that, that's when you start to see that running back regress and not be the same player that they used to be. Our final segment of the show, we are going to give you our very early Super Bowl predictions. So the first one, I think we'll just start with the obvious. So the obvious is a rematch of last year. The Chiefs, the Bucks, they're the two favorites for the Super Bowl right now in Vegas. We saw the Bucks bring everyone back. We saw them even add Giovanni Bernard, who LeVar Arrington says is not going to be a factor, but I think he will be because Tom Brady, like James White, and Gio is basically the same type of player. And we saw everyone come back, the continuity building, an actual training camp for Tom Brady, who apparently didn't know the offense halfway through the year. They had to work on that and work the kinks out. And then we saw Tom Brady really up his game the last half of the season. Then you have the Chiefs. They rebuilt their offensive line. They have Orlando Brown now protecting Patrick Mahomes. Defense is about the same. They didn't lose too many players. They lost, you know, a Sammy Watkins here. Nothing too crazy, like where it's fundamental to their team. So that's the first matchup. What do you think of that possibility? Can Tom Brady stay healthy? He's old. We don't know. Can he? Every day he's out there and doing what he's doing, he's defying the odds. Right. And so that's not knocking him in any way, shape or form, but do you have anybody else that can TB 12 it? Do you have anybody who can even patchwork it? I don't know. We don't on the bucks. Yeah. Well, you can say the same thing about the chiefs. I mean, if Mahomes gets hurt, are are you putting Chad Henney out there again? I'm putting Chad Henney out before I do with the bucks. Well, they also did draft the second round rookie, Kyle Trask. It's true, but they don't have a solution for quarterback and he is older. So to me, the magic of TB lies with TB, right? Like, and and it is TB and it is TBD, but TBD is, is solid. But if you take Tom Brady out of that equation. Yeah. I mean, if you take, you know, Josh Allen off the bills, like obviously they're not going to make super. Are closer in terms of, and, and it's really because of Tom Brady's age, right? Like he plays faster because of his cognitive processing. And thankfully they have done the two tight, tight end set and they've gotten better on the O-line. I think that Tampa has done a really great job of putting every element that they could in place to protect Tom Brady and to try and repeat. I'm just trying to say, how does it not play yeah, out the same way? Obviously, And, and yeah. it's really through him, <laughs> right? Because any of the other places, you do have some pretty good backups and you do have some different options. 
you know, and then, I mean, Kansas City's not that much different, right? Except for the O-line, but we didn't need them to be that much different. Now, no. is there that magic to take it out? It's still a matchup I'd like to see today. I'd like to see it today, tomorrow, every day, as long as you keep those magic components in place. It, it's kind of- And Jen, to be honest, I think Vegas has the Chiefs favored over the Bucks. Yeah, And the Bucs just destroyed them in Super Bowl. The reason is because of the youth of the quarterback. That is the reason. They're the team that I look at in many years where I say, if there's a team to repeat, it might be them because of the ways they can beat you. You go down the list, they can beat you in so many ways. I mean, you want them to win on defense. You know, they want to win running the ball, passing the ball, passing the tight end, passing the receivers. The Chiefs, they're more one-dimensional, but they have... The two years back-to-back to the Super Bowls, they have Andy Reid, they have Patrick Mahomes, they have key ingredients, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. The thing is with the Chiefs to me is like, can they make it back three years in a row? Well, every year you say it's a new year, but it's not, right? Like every year we start fresh, you know, coach yeah. speakers, start fresh. And there's always expectations. And the truth is that part of the reason why it's so hard is because you're a target and everybody wants to beat, you know, the bully on the block. Now- we know the formula for beating the Kansas City Chiefs because we saw it from TBD. So if you can attack that old line, things go bad, bad, because it's not multiple. Like you said, it is relatively one-dimensional. I think they need to do some getting better to really be able to offset being so one-dimensional, which kind of before that, it was like, oh, you know, we have the phenoms everywhere. So even if it is one-dimensional, we're going to play it our way and we're going to do it big. Um, so I need to see them shake things up a little bit. You go to the championship weekends where you had the Packers and the Bills. Those teams obviously stand out as teams that could take the next step. Now, we don't know about the Packers in terms of that whole situation. And because of that situation, whether Aaron Rodgers plays or not, I honestly feel like it's kind of unrealistic to pick the Packers to win the Super Bowl because I just feel like there's way too much tension within that building. And they had so many things go right, and they still didn't win the Super Bowl. They had one of the best corners, one of the best running backs, one of the best receivers, one of the best left tackles. You go down the list of all the things that played at their maximum level. They had the best quarterback in the league, MVP. Are those things going to be able to happen again? It's just very hard, especially when you don't really improve your team. So yes, could the Packers, I wouldn't rule it out because they have, you know, Rodgers and a very talented team, but it would have to replicate what they did and then get better. I don't think you're going to see Green Bay back there. I think it's unfortunate, but I, I think that there's too much chaos, right? And unless they all of a sudden kumbaya, chaos breeds discontent, apathy. I got to take care of me. That's not what wins a Super Bowl, right? What you saw come to Tampa was not just a quarterback, but it was somebody who Culture. in preparation and in the way he is about the game he makes everyone around him better he makes everybody want to be better and he's attracting talent that wants to play with him who right now wants to throw in their cards with Aaron Rodgers oh he might retire oh he's not making enough money oh you didn't give me enough weapons all other things are equal and I know some people are like show me the money I'm a star there's a reason why they've been close but not there and it can't always be everybody else's problem 
Aaron, put your big boy panties on and either get in where you fit in with this team and say, we're going to go to a freaking Super Bowl and I'm going to put it on my back or get out. The Buffalo Bills, they were close, but still a little far away from getting to the Super Bowl. They are also a team that have stayed rather stagnant in terms of like their roster construction, who they have on their team. So it would have to be improvement from areas where they were not so good last year. We know what we're getting from Josh Allen in the passing game, which basically carried them to the AFC championship. But when it comes to the rest of the team, are we getting a run game this year? Are we getting a better defense? Which was surprising about their team last year because Sean McDermott's always kind of had a good defense. And last year, the reason they went to the AFC Championship was not because of the defense. It was the exact opposite. So could you see the Bills maybe making those small improvements to getting over the Chiefs? I think it's going to be hard for them to beat the Chiefs. But they have literally been building, right? And they have been putting components in place for a while. It's like they got quietly good, right? Like, They have had a plan and they're executing the plan and it has been consistent. So to me, what that says is that they think that they're getting better because they're getting better together. So that cohesion. And I think that some of that loyalty and consistency, you will see elevate them, but the, you know, the chiefs are going to be hard to beat. I think almost they, the chiefs could beat themselves. You know, just think about it. It's we true. Have- it's true. I mean, and again, just like the the going to the Super Bowl three times in a yeah. row, it's just like, it just never really happens because right. things happen. That team is fire and ice to me. The Kansas City Chiefs are combustible, right? You have electric personas. There's probably not a bigger personality team in the National Football League than the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you got... Tyreek Hill, right? You got Mahoney, you got Matthews, right? Like you have these big electric personalities and they can light it up, but if they turn on each other for some reason, that really the only way they can spontaneously combust is if something happens there. I don't think it's necessarily somebody else beating them as much as it is them beating themselves right? Which, you know, having no tackles, they beat themselves. I think those personalities could come into it where I think the bills are literally like one building block in front of the other. I think they're working on depth. I think they're working on cohesion. They're kind of like that steady Eddie right now. Um, I don't know if it's enough, but I do like them to be consistent and, you know, like that pit bull who's just not going to give up. So there's a couple questions I think we need to answer is, in the NFC, we, we kind of dismiss the Packers a little bit. So if we're dismissing the Packers, who is the challenger for the Bucks? Hmm. And the second question I'm going to say is like, who's that surprise team that you think could make it to the Super Bowl? And then we'll end with maybe a prediction. So let's start with that first one. I'm just going to say, who, who do I really want to see? I'm going to start there and okay. I'll like, okay. kind of throw it. I like my Cardinals. Cardinals with that improved defense, more Kyler you know, really coming together, still got D hop. They could be interesting to me. And then I think you're right about the Rams. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my team. If anyone's going to beat the bucks, right. this is a hot take. It's going to be yep. the Rams. And yep. the reason is they beat them last year. I think McVay obviously did some things in that game that I really liked what they took advantage of in that game. Even with Jared Goff at quarterback, I felt they had a beat on that Tobles defense. And with Stafford at quarterback, I think that can only improve. I'm a little worried about some of the pieces they lost on defense, but when you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, I think you should be fine. Yeah. 
I like the Cardinals pick. I, I think that's uh, maybe a little hot, but I, you can see it. it. It is a little hot because again, they're another kind of fire and ice take. They're yeah. high flying or free falling because you have so many big personalities and you do have wild card <laughs> factors like a Kyler Murray, right? Like he's dynamic. He also yeah. just say, I decided I want to play baseball. You also have like, okay, what JJ Watt are we getting? Like, is Chandler Jones the same guy? You know, right question. But if they fire on all cylinders that they have, they're for the first time since they lost to Cam and the Panthers, they're scary again. I can't wait to see it. I also think that, you know, time on task with Cliff Kingsbury, now you're going to start to be more in your rhythm and some of those things. Uh, What about the Seahawks, Mitch? I know you you hate the defense. I, I will never rule the Seahawks out because they have Russell Wilson. I just can't. I, I think not. they're kind of like we've talked about this. I think they get to a certain point and that's as far as they go. Like I feel like they never really have that coaching advantage in the big game. I still think they need better defense up front to get the pass rush. Even the secondary is a little worrisome. And you always worry about Russell Wilson getting hit and sacked multiple times in a playoff game like we saw last year versus the Rams. So yeah, I could see it because they have an explosive element and a quarterback that you would not rule off. But I think there's teams that I like more. That's the best way I would put it. There is a team in the AFC that I do really want to mention here that I think actually is going to be really, really good this year. And that's the- Wait, I wonder if I know where you're going with this. The Cleveland Browns. They took this step last year to getting to the divisional round. A lot of people didn't think they'd even beat the Steelers. They did. They've got arguably the best offensive line. They've got a great running game, two great backs. They've got tight ends. They've got hopefully Odell healthy and Jarvis Landry and Baker taking that next step, second year in Stefanski's offense when you look good in the first year. The defense is so much better now with all the additions to the secondary. You have Miles Garrett, who's a game changer. I know we like the Bills, but if any team is going to beat the Chiefs, I think their combination of their ability to run the ball, control the clock, but also put up a lot of points. And then defensively with the players they now have to cover, and they obviously have a couple pass rushers, they can play defense. So let's hope for that to happen that Clowney's not clowning. Clowney's a wild card. I mean, if they get really, I'm not even counting like Clowney being right. really good. Like just I'm not Right. I'm not counting him. But if he can finally be the guy that everybody has wanted him to be, like I, I know me as a D-line person, I'm like, where is this guy? Like He's I'm had not, moments of it for he's, sure. He's flashed. That's all you can say though. But you put him with Miles, now you're cooking with fire. I, You are yeah. right. The Browns, as much as I make fun of Baker Mayfield, just because it's fun, <laughs> though, like, yeah. you know, I am a fan of trench warfare. And when you look at not only their defensive line that we just talked about, when you look at their their offensive line, like they're bullies. And you got a truck in Nick Chubb just running downhill. He would be good, but behind that line, like, dang, right? It's scary. And then, yes, you are explosive. You have great weapons that you can get the ball to. Thankfully, you learned that you didn't have to be, and I hate to say that for anybody's injury, but thankfully, the injury to OBJ, made them have to use yeah. some of their other tools in the toolbox. Now, if you can get him back. That's and- the thing to me, Jen. I think that is the ultimate wild card of, of maybe the entire AFC. If Baker and Odell can click, then we are very much in a discussion about the Browns being very, very good. It doesn't have to be like a volume thing. It's more of a explosive thing that we're looking for here. 
let's finish it off with a prediction here. A very early prediction. So my very early prediction, I'm actually going to say the Browns make it. And I'm going to say they face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. What do you got? It is entirely possible. I don't know if I'd love to. You don't know if Tom's going to make it. (laughs) I don't know if he's going to be healthy. That's my big wild card, but it's hard to repeat. I get it. It is. But then what are you looking at? Right? Like, do you think the Rams could make it? Who else would there really be? I mean, you said the Cardinals, obviously the Packers, you want to throw in maybe like if the Cowboys can get their defense together. I don't know. You could throw in the Niners. No, here's the hot take. (laughs) Niners get Jimmy G. Jimmy G just goes off. Or no, sorry, sorry. They get um Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's that's something totally that that throws a wrench into everything because I think right, that if they get Aaron Rodgers and plug <laughs> him into that, they could be a problem. Yeah, for sure. And that would be a really interesting Super Bowl. Think about what we just talked about with the run pass. You know, it really would almost be a race to get the lead. Browns Niners yeah Browns Niners would be like I'd be a little old school football it would be a really old school football game I think it would be good though do you have an official prediction or are you just going to chicken out (laughs) obviously we can change we still have the whole offseason well I just want to know what the quarterback situation is going to be San Francisco make it easier but let's say yeah let's say it's Trey Lance by the end of the year no, I don't think I don't think a rookie's going to take it. Not over these teams. I, I, I kind of that's why I can't really say they are going to make it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think NFC's that. tough outside of Tampa. It's like, OK, are you going to go all in on the Rams or like Seahawks are going to finally push through it's or like Seahawks. Cardinals? Gonna go Cardinals Seahawks, or? I can, Seahawks, I can cross right off the list. OK, cross them right Not off. Them. next They're crossed off the list. It's going to either be, you know, if you can put Aaron Rodgers in San Francisco, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, but outside of that, it could be the Cardinals, but I don't think- Hey, the Cardinals, Bucks- I like it, hot takes. Yeah. I don't know if they have enough to beat the Bucks though, but they're my second okay. pick. So I'm, I'm going to go, why not? I'm going to go Cardinals. Cardinals say- Browns or Cardinals Chiefs? Cardinals Browns. Oh, okay. That's you know a, why? That's a hot take bowl. It is a hot take, but you know, that's Bruce Arians' old team. So old rivalry yep. die hard. Um, or we even forgot about New Orleans. Jameis, Jameis time. Jameis would be the ultimate revenge. Go back into his old <laughs> house and knock him out the Super Bowl. Come on, man. Yeah, and crazy. that defense is pretty fierce too. I yeah. saw, unfortunately, the last time I saw Jameis play against the Saints when I was there, I saw him get sacked like five times. Now that would be a freaking... All right. Well, let us know in the comment section what your early Super Bowl prediction is. Don't forget to. Coach Laxter says Rams Chiefs. Coach Laxter says Rams Chiefs. That would be a very good game. That would be a very very good good game. Can we get all of these games to play out virtually? Yeah, let's just simulate it on Madden and see which one is the best. And then we'll go with that one. All right. Follow us on all platforms. Instagram, Twitter. Of course, follow us on Twitch. And subscribe on YouTube. Yes, All right. make sure you follow both myself and Mitch because he does some amazing stuff with Believe as well, right? And we have Matt in the back. Don't forget our super producer, Matthew. Uh, takes great care of us. And, you know, you guys can find us, but that way you'll, you'll always know. Um, one of us will let you know what's going on. And there's so much good cross content that you want to make sure you get it all. So 
Also, Matt, Matt's still Matt's still angry that we didn't include the Bills in the Super Bowl. But on that note, we will sorry, say Matt. Goodbye. Sorry, Matt. I don't think they did enough. Not quite yet. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Juke. Peace. Peace.